Zyla, Season 2, Episode 6, Zyla's Perspective. I couldn't sleep at Michaela's, so I laid there, in her spare bedroom, staring at the ceiling. When I had enough of that, I found myself getting up, getting dressed, and slipping out the way I came in. I'm not sure why I decided to do this, but I somehow ended up at the nearest hospital because I assumed that that's where they'd logically take Maxwell. I approached the security staff stationed at the front desk where they told me that visiting hours are over. I still pushed my luck and inquired whether a Maxwell Gapris was still in the ER. To my surprise, the female security guard whose name tag read Monica revealed that he's no longer in the ER and that he's in the ICU. However, in said ICU, only family can visit after a certain time. So I told them that I was his wife. When my brother was hospitalized, they never checked for ID. I was far too familiar with how informal hospital security was. Monica called up to the ICU, inquired about whether Mrs. Gabris, me, can come see the patient, Mr. Gabris. Access granted. So there I stood, in the ICU room of the hospital that Maxwell was recovering at. I just stared at him as he succumbed to the drugs that maintained his comfort and his state of slumber. He was so badly beaten. His nurse said he was too sedated after his procedure to get any viable information out of him, which meant all she had was my word that I am, in fact, his wife. Apparently, this attack that he suffered led to a broken nose, two broken ribs, and as a result, internal bleeding. They were able to rush him to surgery to cease the hemorrhage and to repair his nose. But she also said that there's not much that can be done for his broken ribs. We'll just have to manage his pain and his activity as he heals. I listened to all of her updates, wondering how this could possibly happen to someone as large and able-bodied as Maxwell. I tried to make sense of everything. Michaela's speculation sat at the forefront of my thoughts. Perhaps this was an inside job. Perhaps Sebastian did set this all up. If so, he's a phenomenal actor because his surprise was just as palpable as mine. He had opened the door, my door, with the intent to actually harm Maxwell, only to discover that someone beat him to it and that shock was abundantly clear on his face. I witnessed the color drain from his naturally umber complexion. However, he was unusually calm when the police were questioning us. I was losing my entire shit while he escorted them out as if they just came by to have Sunday afternoon tea. He always also had the tendency to become overtly angry when Maxwell was brought up. His desire to be territorial was also uncalled for. I understand that they had their own little battle of wits going on, but more often than not, Sebastian portrayed more angst and less self-control than Maxwell. 
Oh God, Sebastian did do this. He had to have done it. Who else had the motive? Who am I kidding? I did this. My impulsive decision-making, my obsession with having both of their attention, that's what did this. I backed into the wall and slid down, succumbing to the defeat, the guilt, and the shame. Immediately, the urge to curl into my mother's emotionally unstable arms arrested me. And for the first time since my brother's tragic passing, I wanted to call him. I wanted him to be my friend. I wanted to ask him for advice. I felt alone. How could you let this happen, Zyla? I asked myself. Perhaps I wasn't completely alone. Maxwell and I both seemed to have some recovering to do. Michaela's Perspective I sat in the waiting room staring at the redhead file through paperwork. Anxiety has never been an issue of mine, but I suppose there's a first for everything. Michaela, she finally said my name. The doctor's ready for you. My heart was beating out of my chest, but what other choice did I have? His office is just on the hallway to the left, she explained. Thank you, I stated as I handed her the initial appointment paperwork. I walked down the hallway slowly, contemplating the option of backing out despite his outrageous non-refundable fees. I turned left at the end of the hall in time to see Dr. Sebastian Ramirez open his office door to greet me. Michaela, he said, extending his hand to meet mine. Did I say that right? Yes, I said, as I took his hand in mine. It's nice to meet you, Dr. Ramirez. And what a sight for sore eyes he most certainly was. Please, come in, he'd said, stepping aside for me to come in. I walked into his well-lit, spacious office and saw myself to a seat on his couch. He formally introduced himself and then began the session by asking me a series of mental health screening questions. I, however, was not there for therapy. I forfeited a decent amount of cash to shed light on a much bigger issue. I wanted to cut to the chase and simply ask if he had anything to do with what I witnessed. However, that would be too easy and if I learned anything from what Zyla overshares is that he is a very patient and very intellectual man. We will have to take our time, but we are going to get to the bottom of this. I adjusted my sweater enough for it to slip off my shoulder a bit because Zyla was also able to reveal that he is a sensual man. I'd like to get these answers and I will not solely be relying on my wit. Some of these answers will simply slip out. For that to take place, there needs to be a degree of distraction. Once I get all that I'm looking for, I will confess who I am and we can all go back to our merry little lives. So Michaela, what has brought you to therapy? He asked. <clears throat> I cleared my throat. I think I may be addicted to sex, 
I stated. Now, I do not think I'm addicted to sex, but I think Zyla is. I also think she's addicted to attention from men. All of the above has clouded her judgment, and Sebastian is likely never going to be able to actually offer sound and reliable therapy to Zyla after this shit show because he is addicted to her. So today, I am Zyla. Someone has to tell her what's going on right under her nose and soon because I fear that she may not survive this next blow. I fear that she's in way over her head and my advice has been falling on deaf ears. What has brought you to this conclusion? He asked. I've ruined a few relationships that meant a lot to me and I think I'm just ready to actively start working on taking control of it rather than have it continue taking control of me. I can definitely respect that, he said, maintaining eye contact, which is unbelievably unfair because Jesus, he is striking. However, I do have a question, he continued. What relationship have you lost recently that served as the straw to break the camel's back? Well, I mean, they're all really important to me, I answered, suddenly feeling a bit warm. Of course, he answered, but which one is the most important? Well, that's not fair, I countered. Sure it is. We all have people in our lives, but they do not realistically all mean the same thing to us. So... Which one means the most, he asked again. My best friend, my thoughts have betrayed me, finding a new home outside of my mind and in this new space. Hmm, and how, may I ask, did this relationship become negatively affected by your self-diagnosed addiction? He offered a smirk alongside the word addiction. Well, <clears throat> I found myself being dishonest with her for the sake of my own selfish needs and I've never been dishonest. We've always came to one another with everything. So now I think she knows that I'm being dishonest and it's eating me up. Well, why not just come clean? He asked as if it were that simple because it'll really hurt her. What? do we believe will hurt her more? Your dishonesty that you fear she's already aware of or your deception? Oh, deception, I repeated. That's a strong word. <laughs> he offered a small laugh. Michaela, if I may offer an observation, these feelings that you're opening up about are typically associated with a decision that will ultimately lead to a loved one a close friend or a partner feeling deceived and it's bothering you because your intent was not to be deceitful. Am I right? I nodded because what else am I going to do? So let's unpack. He said, was this information that you withheld from your friend owed to her? I put my hands on the sides of my head. Oh, I don't know, I don't know, 
That's complicated. Try me, he offered. <sighs> okay. Um, it involves someone she's close to. And I fear that once I go down that road of, of confessions, it'll inevitably lead to more information that'll simply break her. And I'm not ready for that. Hmm. I see. You're the one that's not ready for the truth. And so as a result, you assume that she's not either. W well, yeah, because I, I know her and I, I know this will hurt, you know. I don't believe that we should be utilizing the quantity or degree of hurt to determine her degree of readiness. So you think I should just do it then? Just rip off the band-aid? Just come clean? I asked. I think you should change your perspective and then reevaluate your stance on the matter. I stared at him. Well, that's fair, I finally said. We wrapped up the session, and as I got up to walk out, Sebastian held the door open for me and said, maybe next week we'll talk about the addiction. My eyes widened as I hesitantly looked up at him in time for him to offer me a wink. He said not another word because he didn't need to. We did not discuss a word of my so-called addiction, nor did I gather an ounce of information about Zyla. Instead, I went to therapy. Oh, he's good. I was actually feeling pretty good until I turned the corner to see Zyla sitting in the waiting room. I immediately jerked my body back and knocked profusely on Dr. Ramirez's office door. He opened it. Michaela, is everything okay? He asked as he stuck his head out. I yanked him back. Um, so I can't go out there. He led me back into his office. What's going on? Well, I started. So, Zyla is out there, I stated. Wh what is she doing here? She shouldn't be here. Wait, how do you... Uh, never mind. If you don't want her to see you, then you need to hide because she is most certainly not leaving. And if she's waiting out there, something's not right. Waiting has never been a forte of hers. So consider yourself lucky. He took my hand and led me to a closet. Be very still and very quiet, but we will have to get to the bottom of this, he waved his hand between the two of us, later. As he shut the closet door, his office door immediately flung open. There she is, I thought. My best friend had arrived.